Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. Happy Election Week! All I can say is that no matter who wins, I think we can all look forward to watching good old-fashioned car commercials instead of negative campaign ads starting on Wednesday. This week our podcast features an episode of My Favorite Husband called The Women's Club Election. It first aired on September 30th, 1949. And as far as I know, Lucille Ball never raised our taxes or slashed education funding. And I approve this message. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. Hello, everybody. Yes, it's the new gay family series, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Brought to you by the Jell-O family of desserts. E-E-L-L-O, the big letters stand for Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O tap. Tioca pudding. Yes, sir. And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. late evening at the Coopers. George is in his easy chair reading a book, and Liz is seated at the typewriter, typing away at breakneck speed. Liz. Liz, aren't you finished typing yet? I just have one more sentence to do. Oh, you're not going to stay up another hour, are you? (laughs) Never mind the cutting remark. It isn't my fault your typewriter can't spell. (laughs) What are you working on, anyway? I'll read it to you in a minute. You know, I'd have finished hours ago if it wasn't for those darn kids. What kids? Oh, probably Mr. Woods. Every two minutes, they ring the doorbell, and when I answer it, they hide. Hmm, I haven't heard it. You've been reading. There they go again. <laughs> By gosh, I'll get them this time. Liz, Liz, come back here. That bell is on the typewriter. On the typewriter? Sure, see? Well, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard of. I can understand a bell on a bicycle, but whoever ran over anyone with a typewriter? It's there in case the secretary falls asleep. It wakes her up when she reaches the end of the line. Oh. What were you typing, anyway? My speech. Now sit up and listen. I want to practice it on you. What speech is it? My acceptance speech for the Women's Club election. Well, congratulations. Thank you. You be my audience. <clears throat> Hey, wait a minute. What's that? What are you doing? Well, I'm trying to sound like your women's club. Oh. But I'll just sit there. You, Grace, I love your hat. Don't be so authentic. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Ladies of the Sheridan Falls Women's Club. First, I want to thank everyone who voted for me. You will not be disappointed. I'll do my best to be a good... This year, as I pointed out in my campaign speech, I have all qualifications a good, neat. In the first place... Uh, Just a minute, Liz. What? What are all those pauses? What office were you elected to? I don't know yet. The election isn't until tomorrow. (laughs) Come again? The election isn't until tomorrow. I just leave the name of the office blank, then I write in whatever I've been elected to, see, and then I read the speech. Oh. Honey, sometimes you amaze me. 
Thank you. Now, let me finish. In closing, let me say that to be a good, you need, and I have more, than any woman in the club. I thank you. Applause, George. Applause. She's the best we've ever had. <laughs> you know, there's only one thing that puzzles me, Liz. What? what makes you so sure you're going to be elected to an office? Oh, everybody in our club is an officer. Hmm. How many members are there? Twenty-five. And each one holds an office? Mm-hmm. No, I don't believe it. It's true. We have a president, vice president, treasurer, secretary, sergeant-at-arms, song leader, chairman of the membership committee, chairman of the Wayne's Needs Committee, social chairman and chairman of all other committee chairmen, and everybody who isn't one of those automatically becomes a special member at large or her exalted honorary alternate. <laughs> what do you think you'll get? Well, this year I'm sure to be president, vice president, or secretary. Mm, I see you wisely avoided even the thought of being treasurer. Well, there's no chance of that. Every year we elect Naomi Brubaker. See, her husband's a CPA. Mm, good move. Uh, now, do you mind if I go to bed, Madam President, Vice President, or Secretary? No, darling. You go right ahead. I'll practice my speech some more. I wish to thank everyone who voted for me. I'll do my best to be a good this year. I have all of the qualifications. Right away. The election committee just handed me a sealed envelope. <laughs> girls, no. girls, may I have your attention? <laughs> well, you're crazy if you think it's natural. Honey, I've seen the roots of her hair up close and... Oh. <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> I wonder who it could be she was talking about. Could be it. <laughs> returns, I have an announcement to make that will sadden all our hearts. Our social chairman has sprained her ankle and will not be able to attend today. I know you all join me when I say, get well quick and hurry back to us, Amelia Freebooter Dernwist. Well, I know you're all anxious to hear the election return, so I won't take any more time. I'll open the envelope and read you the winners. <laughs> Liz, Liz, what do you bet Iris is elected president again? Well, why wouldn't she be? She owns the clubhouse furniture, and if she isn't elected, she'll take it home. <laughs> Our new president is... Well, this is a surprise. Congratulations, Iris. Thank you. <laughs> now for the vice president. I'm happy to say we've elected one of our most popular and charming members who is noted as much for her brains as her good looks. Ladies of Sheridan Falls Women's Club. First, Liz. I want to thank everyone who Liz. voted for me. Liz. What? Sit down, girl. Did you? <laughs> oh. Our newest vice president is Phyllis Brown. Congratulations, Phyllis. And you'll be delighted to know you've elected as secretary our most beloved member, a girl who doesn't have an enemy in the world. Ladies of the Sheridan Falls Women's Club, I want... Not me? No. Well, whoever she is, she just made her first enemy. The new secretary is Marge Van Tassel. Oh, that's me. Oh. oh. Order, order, please. I'd like to ask a question. What? What am I? Let me answer that. You're a girl. 
fortunate. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Our treasurer-elect is Naomi Brubaker. Naomi? Girls, I'm afraid I'm going to have to resign from the club as my husband has just been permanently transferred to California. Oh, oh that's terrible. Do you have to go with it? Oh, I'm afraid so. Well, this leaves the office of treasurer open. Well, there's no sense of having a whole new election. Any volunteers for the office of treasurer? Hmm. Well, let me put it this way. Is there any one of us who's good at mathematics? Put it another way, Iris. <laughs> oh, dear, this is a problem. It was so nice having Naomi's husband and an accountant. <laughs> and Liz Cooper's husband is a banker. Oh, but, but he... I nominate Liz Cooper. I second the motion. Liz Cooper's been nominated and seconded. All in favor? Aye. Oh, just Cooper's elected. Now, wait a minute. Congratulations, Liz. You're the new treasurer. But I don't want to be the new... Liz, you've been elected. This is a democracy. <laughs> it's the will of the people. It is not. I'm a people, and I didn't even get to peep. <laughs> now, before we go on, I know you'll all join me in a thank you and goodbye to Naomi Brubaker. Let me say it, please. Well, all right. That's very sweet, Liz. Go ahead. We are all going to miss our beloved treasure. So, happy journey. Good luck. Come back to see us soon and drop dead Naomi Brubaker. I don't believe it, Liz. How could people in their right mind elect you treasurer? Well, you see, George, the girls figured that as long as you're a banker... Oh, no, you don't. I've had enough trouble with that club of yours. Now, there's only one thing to do. Get out of it some way. What? You don't think I'm going to resign and let them think I'm stupid? No. Now, keep the job and remove all doubt. <laughs> That's a nasty thing to say. Look, Liz, you can't even keep your household accounts straight. Now, how are you going to take care of two sets of books? I'll do it just to show you. Okay. Now, listen. I don't care what happens to the club's books. But if your household accounts aren't perfect at the end of the month, you will not only resign as treasurer, but you'll resign as a member of the club. Oh, George, you wouldn't make me do that. Wouldn't I? Uh, if your accounts aren't in perfect shape at the end of the month, it's farewell and good luck to our ex-member, Elizabeth Elliot Cooper. Here, here. Mrs. Cooper, you've been poring over those ledgers all afternoon. Why don't you stop? Your eyes are all red. Oh. It won't be all that's red if I don't get the club books in shape. Well, what condition are they in? Fair, medium, poor? Yeah, keep going. <laughs> Rotten, horrible, lousy? You're not even close yet. I can't go any farther and still be a lady. <laughs> well, don't try, Katie. There isn't any word for books in this shape because books have never been in this shape before. Won't Mr. Cooper help you? Oh, he'd just mess them up worse. You know, he's dying to get me out of the club. How about Mr. Wood next door? I saw him outside just a few minutes ago. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. Let's see if he's still there. Yes, there he is, across the street, talking to that old man. Say, who is that old man, anyhow? He's been hanging around the neighborhood a lot lately. I don't know. He looks like a tramp. Mr. Wood! Mr. Wood, can I see you a minute? Certainly, Miss Cooper. I'll bet he can straighten you out in no time. Yes, Mr. Cooper, what is it? 
Mr. Wood, do you know anything about mathematics? I'm a whiz at multiplication. You are? Oh, yes, I have 11 children, and I have to hear their times tables every night. Well, I'm having trouble getting my club books straight. Well, let's take a look at them and see what the trouble is. Come in, they're here at the desk. Oh, yes. By the way, Mr. Wood, who's that old man you were talking to? Oh, he's a poor old derelict who's been hanging around. I give him money from time to time. Oh. Well, here are my books, Mr. Wood. Would you mind taking a quick look and see what the trouble is? All right. Mmm. Ooh. Mmm. Well, uh, first, Mrs. Cooper, what are all these ink marks and splotches along the margin of the ledger? Oh, that's where I do my figuring after I run out of fingers. <laughs> after you run out of fingers? Yes. See, I count up to eight fingers and then I write... Eight? Little... Don't you have ten fingers? <laughs> of course I do. Then why do you only use eight? What am I going to hold my pen with, my toes? <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> Suppose you show me what you're having trouble with. Well, it's this column of figures here. Oh, can't you get an answer to it? Yeah, that's the trouble. I have five answers. <laughs> Well, now, Mrs. Cooper, all those answers can't be right. I know it. I know a column of figures only has two right answers. If I could only find out which... Two? Yes. One when you add from the top to the bottom, and the other when you add from the bottom to the top. Yes. yes. Uh, let's see where you've made your mistake, Miss... Oh, oh, here it is. Nine and nine do not make seventeen. They don't? No, nine and nine make eighteen. Since when? <laughs> Forever and ever. Because a certain Miss Maloney in the fifth grade lied to me. Well, I think whoever invented arithmetic was pretty stuffy. Huh? Why does one number have to be right? Why can't there be more than one number? Now, let's be progressive about this. Now, Miss Cooper... If uh, gets a new number and believes in it, let him stick to it. I think there should be a new freedom. A freedom of numbers. Digits of the rise. Our slogan is nine and nine make seventeen or fight. Excuse me, Mrs. Cooper. I think one of the children is calling me. Oh, don't go, Mr. Wood. Just explain one more thing to me. Uh, this item here, a dollar and fifty cents. Where do I put it? Is it a debit or a credit? Neither. It's a dollar and fifty cents. <laughs> Is it going out or coming in? It's just sitting there. I don't... <laughs> you have to know in order to make the correct entry. Entry? Miss Cooper, is it too late for you to resign? <laughs> oh, all you men are the same. There may be one or two things wrong, but for your information, I'm the best treasurer I've ever had. Being a women's club, this is highly possible. <laughs> but how do you arrive at that conclusion? Well, I've only been treasurer two weeks, and look, I've got a surplus of four million dollars. <laughs> you didn't write a check for it, did you? <laughs> no, but I was dreaming of a very swanky clubhouse. Miss Cooper, I hate to tell you this, but... You'll have to move the decimal point back seven places. Seven places? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. What kind of a clubhouse can you buy for 40 cents? 
Maybe you'll have to settle for a club sandwich. <laughs> well, goodbye, Mrs. Cooper. I just thought of something I have to do. Oh, oh, can't you come back when you're finished? How long will it take you? When do you have to get your books here? On the first. How do you like that? I'll be busy till the second. Oh, you're a great help. Now what am I going to do? <laughs> Some women like Liz do get the most extraordinary totals from a column of figures I've ever seen. But then it's, it's really less important for a woman to be a mathematical genius than it is for her to say, uh, know, for instance, how to make a meal a success. Well, of course, that's simple if she knows about Jell-O tapioca puddings. Because Jell-O tapioca puddings do make glorious dessert treats. And why not when you have three wonderful flavors to work magic with? Jell-O chocolate, vanilla, and orange coconut tapioca. Luscious and creamy. And Jell-O tapioca puddings are as easy to make as adding two and two. They're ready prepared. All you do is add milk and they take about five minutes to cook. Try a treat with Jell-O vanilla tapioca pudding tomorrow. Like pouring chocolate sauce over each serving and sprinkling chopped nuts on top for a delectable chocolate nut sundae. You won't need to know a speck of arithmetic to figure out why more women buy Jell-O puddings than any other prepared puddings in the world. J-E-L-L-O And now back to the Coopers. Well, the fateful first of the month is here, and old Elephant Cooper, the man who never forgets, puts down his breakfast cup of coffee and says to Liz, Well, Liz, do you know what day this is? Day? Oh, I almost forgot. Merry Christmas, George. <laughs> Come on, I want to look at your household accounts before I go to the office. Yeah, sure, George. I'd love to show them to you, but you don't have time. Oh, yes, I do. It's only 8 o'clock. No, it isn't. Look at the kitchen clock. It's 10 minutes to 9. Well, that's impossible. Look at the hall clock. It says 10 minutes to 9, too. Hey, you're right. Oh, I'd better hurry. Uh, goodbye, dear. Goodbye. I wonder what's the matter with my wife. Okay, Katie, you can turn the clocks back now. <laughs> what's this all about, Mrs. Cooper? I'm in terrible trouble, Katie. My books are $40 short. Which books, the house or the club? I don't know. If I make the club come out right, I'm $40 short at home. If I make the household books come out right, I'm $40 short at the club. Oh, I have to get that money someplace. Katie, could you? No. I didn't think you could. <laughs> I wish I was in a position to help you out, Mrs. Cooper. I know, Katie. In fact, somebody owes me $50, and if I could collect, I'd be glad to loan you 40 of it. Really? Would you? Who owes you the money? You do. <laughs> oh, that's right. But I have to make some money some way. I wonder if I should answer one of those ads. You know, earn me at home, raise rabbits for fun and profit... But, Mrs. Cooper, you wouldn't know what to do. I know. I thought I'd just leave it up to the rabbits. <laughs> oh, I've got it. What? I'll go to the club meeting, read my report, show them the money, dash home and put the money back in my household account. Sure, then both books will balance. Then next month I'll do the same thing. Katie, if the money doesn't wear out, I can keep this up all winter. <laughs> your clever treasure, we now have a surplus of $100, which I will take home for safekeeping. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Madam President, 
The chair uh, recognizes Marge Van Tassel. Uh, since we have so much money in our treasury, I'd like to suggest that we contribute some of it to the Sheridan Falls Boys Club. Oh, that's a wonderful thought. In fact, the Boys Club needs money so badly, I think we should contribute the whole $100. Oh, that's a horrible thought. <laughs> What's the matter with it, Liz? You just said you like the idea. Oh, I do, but let's not give the whole amount. Uh, as treasurer, I insist we leave something in the treasury. Like, uh, uh, to pick a number at random, $40. Well, as long as we're doing this, let's do it right. Uh, yeah. I move the club contributes $100 to the Sheridan Falls Boys Club. I take the motion. All those in favor signify. Now, now just a minute. I, I want more discussion. Well, what's there to discuss? Well, for instance, uh, what are they going to do with this money? I have a right to know where our money's going. Oh, Liz, you know as well as I do. It's for little boys. Yes, and if I know little boys, they'll take that money out and spend it on little girls. <laughs> it's been moved and seconded as we make this donation. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? No! The motion is carried. I demand a recount. Liz, the motion is carried, and we're going to give that $100 to the boys' club. It's all over. It is? Yes. And as long as you have the money with you, I think you should take it over and present it to them right now. Me? Well, that's the treasurer's duty. Actually, I'm surprised at you, Liz. Hey, you act, you'd think the money belonged to you. Yeah, wouldn't you? <laughs> Mrs. Cooper, you've been pacing around the house like a caged tiger for hours. Oh, Katie, I have a confession to make. I didn't give the whole hundred dollars to the book. I kept for it. was your money. No, it wasn't. It belonged to them. My conscience is killing me, Katie. And the boys' club is already closed. You can give it back to them tomorrow. Oh, I can't wait that long. I have to get rid of it. I'm going to throw it out the window. Which window? <laughs> no, no, I have a better idea. One charity's as good as another, isn't it? I suppose so. Well, I'm going out and give it to the first needy person I see. Well, I don't have to go far. There's that poor old bum Mr. Wood was talking to. Wait, let me call my first husband, Clarence. He's twice as big a bum as that fella is. <laughs> no, get him. Katie, call him over. All right. Yoo-hoo, mister! You, come here a minute. What do you want, lady? Mrs. Cooper wants to see you. All right. Uh, here, my good man. Here's forty dollars. Goodbye. Hey, wait a minute, lady. What's this for? Uh, just because. Goodbye. Just because? Yes. Aren't you making a mistake? No. Goodbye. Oh, Katie, I'm clean again. I'll say you are. Oh, I feel much better. When George comes home tonight, I'm going to face the music and take it like a man. <laughs> What's the matter with George? Dinner's been over half an hour and he hasn't asked to see the books yet. You're awful anxious to rush to the gallows, Mr. Cooper. Maybe he forgot. Gee, do you think so? Liz, come in and bring your book with you. Uh, well, goodbye, Katie. It looks like this is it. Goodbye, Mrs. Cooper. Be brave. I will. I feel just Liz of Ark. <laughs> Farewell, Katie. The executioner awaits. Oh, I'm going to my room. I can't stand to see this. Here I am, George. Well, Liz, are you ready? Yes, George. Do your books balance? George, do what you will to me. I face you with a clear conscience. Here are my books. You'll find that there is a... Oh, I'll get it. 
Maybe it's a reprieve from the governor. <laughs> yes? Hello, Mrs. Cooper. Oh, you. Uh, here you are, 740 bucks. For me? Yeah. I don't know how you pick them, but just because romped home at Belmont and paid 16 to 1. So long, Robert. I'm taking another trip. Oh, it's so easy when you're on the radio. Well, where are you going tonight? Sunny, sunny France. I want to see if it's true. I have nothing but love over there. Mr. Soundman, I'd like to go to Paris. Oh, right on the Eiffel Tower. Hey, watch that, will you? Oh, here comes that. Ah, mademoiselle, vous êtes très jolie. Vous êtes charmant. Vous êtes magnifique. I think he wants a match. Uh, je do not speak booze language. Well, I was saying you are beautiful. Your face reminds me of jello puddings. Jello puddings? Oui, jello tapioca puddings. Has anyone got a mirror? No, no. Your features are delicate, like the taste of jello vanilla tapioca. Luscious, light, and tempting. Well, continue talking. Your voice is like jello chocolate tapioca. So rich, the kids say it's candy good. Ooh, that's true. <laughs> and the beautiful coloring of your coiffure. My coiffure? Wait a minute. Don't tell me they make a jello henna tapioca pudding. <laughs> no. No, no, its beauty is as satisfying as jello orange coconut tapioca. A wonderful blend of refreshing orange and tropical coconuts. Well, thank you, booze. <laughs> jello, jello tapioca puddings are easy, too. They take only five minutes to prepare. And now, mademoiselle. Ah, here it comes. I, I want to ask you a great baby. I knew it. You want to kiss me? No. What? I will buy you a dish of jello tapioca pudding. Well, tap my ochre. <laughs> These Frenchmen really know how to make love. Come here, darling. George. I just had a terrible dream. I was stranded in the middle of the desert, and the sun was beating down. It was blazing hot, and there was no water at all. And my throat was so dry, I could hardly talk. Liz, you aren't hinting for me to get up and get you a drink of water, are you? No. I was dry and hot, and I, I hadn't had anything to eat for days but pure salt. My throat was parched, and the sun beat down. George, where are you going? You made me thirsty. I'm going to get a drink of water. Uh, well, as long as you're up, will you get me one, dear? Sure. Of course. Well. Here you are. That isn't a glass of water, George. No, it's a whole pitcher. You asked for it and you're going to get it. No, no, George, no! Good night, George.
country is building the best trained, best educated peacetime armed forces in history. And there's a great career for the volunteer. Today's United States Armed Forces constitute the world's greatest scientific enterprise. And today's serviceman is a skilled professional who works with advanced techniques and equipment in specialized fields, from push-button flying to television, from jet propulsion to pathological research. The educational opportunity is unlimited, and the serviceman is trained in the world's best technical schools. Yes, the armed forces offer a great career to the volunteer. to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Roaring. Tonight's program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer, who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll, Jr. Original music was composed by Marlon Skiles and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The part of Katie the Maid was played by Ruth Parrott. Watch for Lucille Ball in Columbia Picture, Miss Grant Takes Richmond. And be Lucille Ball and My Favorite Husband again next week, presented by... T-E-L-L Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O cups. The Oka puddings. Yes, sirree. This is Bob Bobon speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. My Favorite Husband was Lucille Ball's first regular radio show. It debuted in July 1948 and ran until 1951. Initially written as a situation comedy about an affluent banker and his wife, it was soon rewritten to become more accessible to the burgeoning middle class, reflecting post-war suburban life. Lucille Ball was cast as Liz Cooper, wife of George Cooper, played by Richard Denning. My Favorite Husband was the precursor to the I Love Lucy show, and in it, Ball honed the scatterbrained housewife character that would become her trademark. As on her later television show, Ball's character was constantly getting into jams of her own devising, with the willing assistance of her friend Iris Atterbury, wife of George's boss, much to the chagrin of long-suffering husband George. The roles of George's boss, Rudolph Atterbury, and his wife Iris Atterbury, models for Fred Nethel Mertz, were played by Gail Gordon, who was also Mayor Latrivia on Fibber McGee and Molly, and Principal Osgood Conklin on Our Miss Brooks, and B. Benedurette, who was also in Fibber McGee and Molly, The Jack Benny Show, and Campbell Playhouse. Gordon and Benedurette were given first consideration for the roles of the Mertzes, but contract conflicts forced them to turn down the television roles. The initial sponsor for the show was Jell-O, and the gelatin dessert became an integral part of the show, including the usual greeting of Jell-O, everybody, from Ball at the beginning of the show. My Favorite Husband ended its run in 1951, concurrent with the debut of I Love Lucy. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.